0: Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 2723. Alright, we're going to talk a little bit more about some Boba Fett backstory stuff, and these are the last stories in the canon as far as we know so far, before we get into the whole War of the Bounty Hunters thing that just got unloaded on us earlier this year. Punch it! <laughs> Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So we're going to talk about three particular Boba Fett stories or stories in which Boba Fett either appears or is referenced that are worth mentioning, I think, as far as our review of Boba Fett and his backstory. And they're gonna go pretty quickly, comparatively speaking. So we were talking yesterday about, from a certain point of view, which is the 40th anniversary collection of short stories. In this particular case, the one for the Empire Strikes Back and Boba Fett doesn't appear in just those two. He actually makes appearances in multiple stories in there, but there are only some that actually kind of have any particular weight in terms of what we're talking about. One of them is Beyond the Clouds, and it's really not so much about him because he is just a character that passes through, but. Was a character that inspires uh, adoration, if you will, for the main character who then has to face the decision as to whether she's going to pursue life as a bounty hunter, as she has been wanting to do for some time, or whether she's going to resist the Imperial occupation on Cloud City, and she ends up not being influenced that far by Boba Fett. She ultimately decides to be with the people that she has been living and working with all this time and help them fight against the stormtroopers in Cloud City. Then there's No Time for Poetry and that is a story specifically about Dengar and IG-88 and we find out that they found out the coordinates that Boba Fett gave them in that story we talked about yesterday were dummy coordinates, but they figured out that that was the case, and so they cracked Boba Fett's own coordinate system inside his ship and got the coordinates out of Boba Fett's ship. But, as you'll recall from yesterday's story, the trick that Boba Fett learned was putting dummy coordinates into his own ship, and so that's what Dengar and IG-88 got and so they ended up with the dummy coordinates off in another direction entirely. From here, the next story for Boba Fett in the timeline seems to be this galaxy's deadliest storyline in the Bounty Hunters series of comic books. It was the first five issues of this newly launched series that centers around this character, Baylor Valence, who was an Imperial TIE Fighter pilot and got messed up and, and crashed and the Empire wouldn't pay for his cybernetics and so he went rogue on them and became a bounty hunter and he's more machine now than man if you will but yeah that's a whole other story entirely. So the main inciting incident of this story takes place on Corellia and it's a job that goes wrong but it is not the job that went wrong that Boba Fett was talking about with Bosk and Dengar in from a certain point of view. This is a different Corellian job entirely which also goes wrong I think Boba Fett should just steer clear of jobs on Corellia, basically. Seems like that would be a better idea for him. And this came out a while ago, so spoiler territory. All right, there's your fair warning. I'll try to summarize this in brief because this is really a twisty story. So, basically, there are two crime syndicates on Corellia uh, the Mourner's Whale and the Unbroken Clan. I mean, there are more of them, but these are the two involved. And a bunch of Bounty Hunters have been hired to help a member of the Mourner's Whale, who is the heir, like the only son of the leader of the Mourner's Whale, to handhold this son on an assassination job. But it turns out the assassination job is to assassinate the only heir to the Unbroken Clan crime syndicate. And it turns out it's a Romeo and Juliet situation because the heir from the Mourner's Whale, the guy is in love with the heir to the Unbroken Clan, the girl, and he's gotten the girl pregnant. And they were, in theory, going to run away, but the guy decided, nope, I can't do it. And I'm just going to be cast aside. It's just going to be awful. I'm here to kill you, the girl, and the baby. And one of the bounty hunters just cannot abide this whatsoever and said bounty hunter kills the guy but a lot of the romeo and juliet information is withheld from you the reader and from me the reader until you get much deeper into the story arc basically what it looks like is this bounty hunter lash messed up the job for a bunch of bounty hunters and is going to make multiple crime syndicates on Corellia angry at them one of the bounty hunters involved is Boba Fett and Boba Fett was actually brought in on a last minute hey can you join this crew kind of situation because a bunch of them including Bosk were working together and Baylor Valence was also part of this crew but they're like Nash was saying yeah I'm down one bounty hunter and Bosk says I know a guy Boba Fett he's tough you'll like him so that's how Boba Fett got involved in this thing and once everything went to heck Boba Fett got mad and decided that he was going to take his revenge out on everyone and especially Nash who messed up the job because it messes with his reputation and also puts him in jeopardy with these crime syndicates. So Lash rescues the Juliet in the midst of all of this and goes underground with Juliet and Juliet is able to have the kid but unfortunately dies in childbirth. So Lash feels like she has to be responsible for the kid and raise the kid to the point where, you know, once, you know, the kid is of age, then she can take over the two clans and unite the warring clans because, of course, they have been fighting and bombing and killing and doing all this terrible stuff. And so Lash's penance, as it were, for all the pain that she caused when she killed the Romeo of the situation is to try and raise their child to get them to the point where you know, maybe it can unite the clans and end the war and so Lash resurfaces to try to make this happen. Lash is also dying at this point and Boba Fett gets word, you know, amongst all the other bounty hunters getting word that Lash has resurfaced and Boba Fett wants revenge, wants to kill Lash for what happened on Karelia all those years ago. And there are other tragic elements to this story as well. There is a brother-sister pair of bounty hunters named Tongar and Tonga and at the time at Corellia when everything's going wrong, Fett decides that the only way to save their skins and their reputations is to kill Lash, since she's the one who killed the Romeo character right then and that will save face for them. Valence doesn't want Boba Fett to kill Lash because Lash is his mentor and so you know knocks Boba Fett when Boba Fett's trying to shoot Lash and instead Boba Fett kills Tongar by mistake. Meanwhile, his sister Tonga doesn't know how that all went down and just blames Lash for the fact that Tongar got killed during this mission where Lash just went rogue. And so once Lash resurfaces, Tonga wants to find Lash and kill her herself. Unfortunately, Boba Fett ends up killing Tonga as well on his way through to try to kill Lash. And as opposed to killing the brother, which was accidental, he wasn't aiming at Tonga, he was aiming at Lash and was interfered with by Valence. This time, shooting Tonga, who was like, Yeah, I should have just stayed on the farm with the woman that I loved. I should not have come on this bounty hunting quest. And it's right in that moment when Boba Fett shows up and kills her. And it's just like, Oh, it's so sad. And Boba doesn't quite get to the point of killing Lash, basically ends up getting her trapped on this ship that is also being bombarded by one of those Corellian clans that's managed to track her down. And so Boba Fett just decides to bail out while the bailing's good, and so, yeah, the whole ship gets blown up and Lash is ultimately killed, but Boba Fett... Now skates away feeling like that whole situation has been avenged and the scales have been balanced. But particularly of interest also for this story is the fact that once he hears that Lash has resurfaced and decides to get himself involved in this situation, he says a don't even worry about the credits to the person who contacts him about it he's going to do this as a personal thing for himself and b he still has han solo in carbonite in the hold of his ship and he decides to go off on this side adventure anyway instead of just heading straight for java in truth i might have buried the lead on that one considering that you know the first time you see him in present day if you will of this story it is him you're getting the message and a shot from, you know, back deeper in the ship where you can see him in the cockpit, but you know, in the foreground is Han Solo in carbonite and he's like, yeah, don't worry about the credits. I'm just gonna go see what this is all about and take my revenge. And so there you go. That's what I've got for you on our latest addition to the review of Boba Fett's backstory, finishing off the From a Certain Point of View stories for the Empire Strikes Back short story collection and this first story arc in the Bounty Hunters comic series. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be.
1: Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks
0: and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited other their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.